Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie. Yay, that's me. That is, and we are back, finally. I know it's been a long time, perhaps since <sighs> So August, sorry. Beginning of August, <laughs> even, since the last time you had a recording from us, but we are back, and we are back with a series this time, mm. not just a movie. We will be discussing the Netflix original series, The Sandman. Mm-hmm. And if anybody, anybody out there who's not familiar with what The Sandman is, um, it is based on, I think it's a comic book, correct? Graphic novel, I think people would Graphic say. Graphic novel. Yeah, um, written by Neil Gaiman. Um, and I think he wrote it like 30 years ago-ish. Yeah. And it's like just now being adapted into a Netflix original series with real people. It's not animated, um, which is always kind of a risk, I feel, when they take like graphic novels or any kind of like anime cartoon things and try to do it with real people. You yeah. always like, it's always a risk, but I feel like this, not having read the graphic novel, I feel like this was done quite well. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. But, even um, even having read it, it seems like I, I agree that it's been done very well. That's good. Um, I know that Neil Gaiman himself was like kind of heavily involved in its creation and was very happy with the results. So that's also like positive when the original creator is very happy with the way it turns out, the adaptation of it. So definitely. Yeah. And kind of the overall premise of it is it's about the Sandman who. I, 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 there's so many different stories about like what the Sandman is. I think there's even like horror films, <laughs> like where he's like this, <laughs> you know, evil kind of character. But in Neil Gaiman's version, um, the Sandman is like the the controller of dreams. You know, he brings you sleep and he brings you dreams and he creates does can create nightmares and things mm-hmm. like that. And it kind of has to do with the whole realm of um, the dreaming world and kind of the other. Like I don't know emotions, <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or like there, there's characters that represent like envy and desire and death, um, and they're not really emotions, but like yeah, facets of existence, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah. So, what were your overall thoughts and opinions on the series? I believe you. Yeah, you said you had read at least yes. some of the graphic novel. Yeah, I think I read up through Dollhouse, um, which is like episode seven in this series. So okay. it was. Um, yeah, I, I really. Granted, I read the the graphic novel about ten years ago or so. Right. So it's been a long time, but I I really liked it. I thought they did a great job casting, despite everyone's constant complaints of the casting. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that uh, for even you know for someone who for who the graphic novel wasn't really fresh in their mind, like me or maybe people who are new to the series, I think that it was like fluid enough and captivating enough to be able to hold your attention all the way through because i think sometimes with adaptations the risk is that like i remember this happening i think with maybe harry potter stuff or lord of the rings i don't remember but sometimes the story's lost because it assumes that the person watching it is also a reader um, which is not always the case you know and so i think that this did a good job you can correct me if i'm wrong of actually making things seem solid and logical 
Yes, I, I would agree with that. I had not read The Sandman, and I didn't really know anything about it. I knew who Neil Gaiman was, mostly because he was, like, with Amanda Palmer. I don't know that they're still together, but, like, I knew who he was because he was with her. Yeah. Um, but I don't re- I'm not really familiar with any of his work. I haven't read anything by him, I don't believe. But I really enjoyed watching The Sandman, despite the fact that the main character, Dream, looks like Edward Cullen. <laughs> odd. Um, at first i was like holy shit is that like robert pattinson but it's not <laughs> no <laughs> but, um you know, then there are like points in the series where dream also looks like jamie from high school yes <laughs> so that was also interesting um jamie if you didn't know was quite goth in high school it's true <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah i i really enjoyed the story i thought it was quite um a unique story it wasn't um like the traditional I feel like I've only read or watched like one thing that had to do with the Sandman and that was like, I don't know, 25 years ago when I was a kid. <laughs> and it basically was just like about a guy who went around sprinkling sand on people to make them fall asleep and dream. Yeah. Um, but like this is, there's obviously a lot more to this storyline yes. than you know, just bringing sleep to people. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was well done. I didn't, I wasn't confused at any point. Like there, what doesn't seem like there was anything left out that was important, at least as far as you know, understanding the story went. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I would definitely recommend this overall. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Same. But uh, so yeah, so it kind of starts off um, darkly, <laughs> where Dream yeah. is captured by an old man who performs some like pagan ritual on his floor and in an attempt to trap death but accidentally traps dream and i don't know that like the old man continues to like insist that dream can give him what he wants which is essentially his son back from the dead but i don't think that is something that was ever within dream's ability to do and you know he certainly doesn't do it um even if it is but he remains trapped there for more than like a hundred years before ultimately being freed yeah um and by that point his like realm has started to decay and and i loved the idea that like because dream was trapped for so long like there were people who were experiencing what what did they call it the dream sickness or something yeah yeah um, where they basically just didn't wake up from their sleep because he wasn't there to bring them back out of sleep that night. Yeah. Um, which that was like a really cool idea. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It gives you, it, it gives an idea just how important the different, the endless are to the right. continued sort of balance of the world. So right. yeah, he was gone and people just fell into this sickness, um, which is, which is really fascinating, and I do hope moving forward that we learn more about the endless and like, right? Because we learn a little in the series, but not a ton. Right. Well, do you know, like, does this series encapsulate the full graphic novel, or, or is there more to it that dives into like the storylines of the other endless? Or I think I believe there's more. Yeah. Okay. Because we haven't right. s- we haven't seen some ends. of them. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of ends like in a way where it seems like there could be a season two. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, so like, <clears throat> so yeah, he's trying to think. he's we, trapped. We meet, uh-huh. I was gonna say we meet desire and we meet oh, despair yeah. and we meet death and dream. Obviously, do yes. they mention who like any of the? Is it just those four? Are there other endless? 
Yeah, there's also um, Destiny is mentioned, and then oh, yeah. so so yeah. is Delirium, um, and it seems almost like it's a split faction. Yeah. Like it kind of seems like Dream, Death, Destiny are all working together because, you know, when Dream confronts Desire later for reasons we'll discuss, he says, "Would you go? Would you stand against Death and Destiny?" Um, and then so desire seems to be working with despair and delirium so there are at least six i don't know if there are more and they all start with a d yes of course they all have like different names that they can go by as well Uh, like dream is called morpheus several times but which is weird because it just makes me think of the matrix (laughs) (laughs) oh right (laughs) morpheus also is the um uh is it roman the Roman god of sleep, I think. So oh, it makes, okay, sense. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> more, much more sense than the Matrix. But, but yeah. Um, so then there are other characters besides the Endless, obviously, um, that kind of like live in the real world. They, they are not Endless beings. Um, and one of them, called Ethel, is like hiding out in Buffalo, New York, which I is know. <laughs> sort of where Jamie and I are both from originally. <laughs> of buffalo so that was interesting to be like oh my god she's just like hiding out in buffalo yeah <laughs> good place to hide and, out really low-key i mean yeah, i wouldn't look for anybody in buffalo <laughs> <laughs> but um ethel is so she was the lover uh-huh. of the man who trapped dream yes. basically and she has like a son with that guy correct correct yeah yes and the son is named john d and he is weird yes he is um yeah so ethel is an interesting character because like she yes she kind of like weaseled her way into you know meeting roderick burgess the guy who trapped dream to begin with by like kind of helping out her son a little bit like wooing him a bit and then yeah she just ultimately steals the tools um for of morpheus yeah. which is kind of like the first arc of the of season one is morpheus trying to get back his ruby his mask and his sand right so she steals them all for her own personal game right um, well and like the sand i understand what the sand is sort of used for i don't get yeah. what the giant weird looking mask was to ever have been used for but and yeah the root- corrupt people yeah the ruby is like the ability to make dreams real and i and we find out later that he had stored a lot of his power into it so much so that he had forgotten exactly how much but yeah the mask also i'm not sure of it might be mentioned in the comics i don't or the graphic novel but i don't remember um but we don't really see the power of the mask at all as far as i know it's just really used as like a trading tool for Ethel to get the amulet of protection, which apparently blows people up if they like do anything to her. <laughs> or if you're a nightmare like the Corinthian is. So the Corinthian is like something that exists both within the dream world and the real world because it's he's like a nightmare that escaped from the dream world while the, while Morpheus was being like captured there yeah. while while he was imprisoned. And I, there was three different nightmares that like escaped and and play roles in the real person world throughout the series but um the corinthian is definitely like one of the main antagonists in the yeah. in the show while like dream is trying to like hunt down and recapture the corinthian and he is a creepy nightmare <laughs> he is definitely a creepy nightmare um 
I do love the the thing about the Corinthian though is like he essentially is made out to be the thing that sort of like spawned and promoted serial killers in a way. Like he's the <laughs> first serial killer, it seems. Yeah. Or <laughs> in recent least. time anyway. Yeah. And he seems to have like amassed a cult following of real humans who have become serial killers yeah. because nightmares influence on their life and let's just talk about the fact that like dream himself after he does ultimately banish the corinthian is able to also just like get rid of all these serial killers by like forcing them to understand what they've done yeah and like gets rid of hundreds of serial killers in like a single moment (laughs) yeah yeah that's a wild scene too because like you know some of them are just kind of like leaving you hear like gunshots from others so like they've just ended their own lives in their car (laughs) it's like and like turning themselves in hey he he's able like dream is able to force them to understand like what they have done which is a really interesting power that he had (laughs) yeah and it seemed like yeah i don't know if it was i don't know if it was like the corinthians influence that had like allowed them to neglect that part of themselves or if it was just like i don't know what it was like what gave him the power to actually do that but well maybe like now that i'm thinking about it when dream and corinthian are like on the stage at that serial killer convention and like dream is confronting him the whole audience kind of seems transfixed like maybe they are in a dream like state that like either Morpheus or and or the Corinthian had put them into. So perhaps because they were dreaming, Morpheus was able to have them dream understanding somehow. Yeah. Like like that's how he was able to bring that understanding into them. Right. I don't know for sure. But yeah. I really liked it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was it was an interesting twist. I like when when series do that, like kind of as you said, like it shows the effects that things have in the real world. And like, I like that they tied the Corinthian storyline to like modern day serial killers. Cause All I'm right. like, Oh, that's, that's so, it's such an interesting take. I don't know. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that, you know, we would say that there were, it wouldn't have been any serial no. killer if it hadn't been for the Corinthian, but he does seem to have created a lot of them. And also now I have to wonder for the rest of my life if serial killers actually hold conventions like that. Oh my they gosh. Get together and discuss their murdering. That was great too. I'm like, a, yeah, a great serial convention. Like, that's so funny. Right. Yeah. Like, but like spelled C E R E A L. The kids just like, why is there no serial at this? <laughs> I know I like eventually like they're kind of like what is going on here you know I feel like whoever is hosting that like there are so many red flags that this is not a convention about cereal that no. like somebody had to have figured out that this was like something sketchy going on yeah but. and think I, I also loved um Fiddler's Green's slow reaction to like yeah. figuring it out and he's like oh no i i, I don't know i gotta go and yeah. like flees to the dreaming to tell lucien yeah well, I, I liked fiddler's screen a lot and the other nightmare whose name i don't remember um, um galt galt yeah i liked like both of them weren't really well fiddler's green i don't think was supposed to be a nightmare at all he was just like an escaped dream or a dream who chose to leave or something yeah was a nightmare who didn't want to be a nightmare and yeah. after she escaped she like 
kind of it becomes a dream but like in she's not really great at it like nightmare elements keep slipping into like what she's trying to do like when the rats attack that kid and stuff but like she doesn't want to be a nightmare anymore she wants to be like a good dream yeah um, and then the corinthian obviously is like a nightmare who really embraces being a nightmare <laughs> yeah no i i thought that was great and i i loved ultimately that you know as with morpheus sort of realizing or you know, going through the stages of trying to figure out like what his role is now that he's back and all that stuff. And in the end, we see that um, he is listening and opening up and even does grant Galt her dream of becoming right. a dream. I thought that was really pretty. Yeah. No. Fairy. <clears throat> yeah. Because we kind of see that like through most of the series that like, Dream is very stubborn and mm -hmm. very much feels like he has to fix this himself, that he he was the one who was captured and gone for more than 100 years. The dreaming is deteriorating and decaying because of his absence, and he has to fix it all without anybody's help kind of attitude. Um, despite the fact that there's like a lot of people or dreaming aspects that he could have relied on for help. I'm trying to remember the name of like his secretary. Um, Lucien. Yeah. Lucien. Yeah. Like she, you know, clearly was running the show. There. Right. <laughs> he didn't like, want to acknowledge that and accept her help. But about, ultimately he like grows up and realizes like he could accept other people's help and, and it would be better. Exactly. But, um, yeah. We see you know, some development in dreams. Yeah, we do. And it's in addition to like just, you know, Lucien and perhaps the other the other dreams and the dreaming or whatever the aspects. He also, you know, even Lucien is like, you could ask a sibling for help on right. this. But like, it's interesting that it seems that they minus desire and um, despair who seem to have a stronger connection. The others like to let themselves, you know, like just do what they do and they feel like it's too much to ask for any help weirdly um although i do like that we get to see interactions between um dream and death yes i like that episode a lot yeah because that was that was a really cool really cool concept but yeah. i liked i liked how they kind of portrayed death too because usually like death is this grim reaper you know in a yeah. dark cloak kind of figure but like death in this is just a normal woman who just kind of goes around to people who are about to die and helps them kind of cross over in a very like peaceful kind of manner and not this like dark kind of character yeah. so that was a cool representation of death yes yeah, I, I thought so too Hopefully a more accurate one <laughs> yeah yeah and it's yeah. cool that she can like make herself i guess maybe they all can but you know she's she appears to people who also are not about to die like she accepts right. some food from that guy i can't remember what exactly happened but um it's kind of cool because it's like what yeah i don't i guess they can all i don't know i'm like i, I just want to know more about like what is the right. role of the endless like how do humans perceive them you know well, well and it seems like the endless must also be able to alter their appearance yeah. towards humans when they want to, because when he, when Dream goes to hell and he's like walking past those prison cells, there's a woman there who recognizes him. But she, but we see when when she's looking at Dream, she doesn't see the Dream that like is in the rest of the show. It's a completely different guy that she's like seeing. Yeah. So and that there wasn't really any explanation given as to why that was the case. Yeah. <laughs> but. That's also like something I'm curious to know about uh, is like, 
what did she do 10,000 years ago that he is not willing to forgive her yet? Right. Like, ooh. <laughs> Seriously, like, what did you do to piss Dream off? That he's willing just to leave you in hell for all of eternity. Yeah. But I did like, um, you know, in a way she inspired him during the contest, right? Because um, she says something to the effect of, like, I will not give up hope. I will never give up when he's walking right. away. And that's ultimately the thing that beats Lucifer's, you know, hope. So that well, that contest was yeah. not what I was expecting it to be at all. Yeah. <laughs> it was quite a weird battle. Like, so Dream has to essentially fight Lucifer Morningstar, who, a.k.a. the devil, um, in order to get his mask back. And he says, like, right from the beginning that, like, he wouldn't be able to beat her kind of thing, that she yeah. was stronger than him. But then, of course, he does. But it's not in, like, a normal battle <laughs> It's just like trying to outlast, like what what can outlast the the thing before it somehow. Yeah, yeah. I what did is, not do a good job explaining that. Yeah, it's like whatever. What is stronger than the previous thing, essentially? Right. Yeah. And yeah, it, it was an odd battle. Interesting, but odd. And of course, like the thing that it the devil ends with, like. No, basically there's nothing left the universe is an empty void you know and like what could possibly out out power that or overpower that and and dream comes back with hope you know that hope can overpower everything or something like that yeah. and wins somehow mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah yeah there's also like a really nice so it's made, it's made clear that part of the like fall, you know, season two or whatever is going to be about Lucifer and the other, like, I don't know, war, war demons, um, <laughs> kind of like standing, uh, taking a stand against dream. Yeah. It seems. Um, and it's cool too, that like at the end when he's leaving, you know, dreams, just like, tell me Lucifer, what power would hell have if those here imprisoned were not able to dream of heaven? Just kind of really like a slap in the face to be like, you know, most likely even Lucifer is still dreaming of right. heaven. Well, true. And like, he's got a point. Like if, if the people in hell were not able to dream of anything better than hell, then is hell really a punishment? Right. That's true. So, you know, maybe, maybe dream and hell need each other. Maybe all of the endless need each other in order to, for the human world to survive, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, there are two kind of other storylines in this show that don't that, that don't focus directly on Dream, and one of them is we've got John D and we've got Rose. Yeah. And John D we touched on a little bit as Ethel's child, who ends up with the ruby which is one of um, Dream's tools that she has stolen. And it kind of, like, corrupts him. Yeah. He he thinks initially, like, he can, this, this is a ruby that can make dreams come true kind of thing. But, like, he doesn't know how to use it, and all of Dream's tools were not made for humans to be able to use. Mm -hmm. And so they just kind of slowly corrupt the, the human that has them. 
And he, like, kind of experiments, I want to say, on using this ruby in a diner. And ultimately, it just devolves first into everybody just having sex with each other at the diner, and then everybody killing each other. And that was a weird episode. It was a very weird episode. And I I remember the, the graphic, the issue of the graphic novel, too, was very strange. And this is, like, canonically one of the parts of the story that, like, is very how do I want to say this like it, it's very weird's not the word the right word for it but it, it affects people in a certain way so like yeah. people will be like oh 24 7 I've watched that once and I will never watch it again or like okay. I've read that part once and I never want to re- read it again because it's just so I think it's just like it, the way that they're all corrupted by you know, what he's doing to them is just like, oh, too much, I think. Right. Maybe like almost too realistic, mm. like in that you could see that without like uh, keeping control of our desires, like that is yeah. path that humanity would take if there wasn't dreams of hope and stuff like that, that it would just devolve into, into sex and murder. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> But, um, I thought the episode was well done and creepy, and I probably wouldn't want to watch that one again, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. But, um, so it kind of ends like where you originally, you kind of think that John D is going to win, you know, that he is able to use the ruby to destroy Dream. But of course, Dream, like he said, had put so much of his own power into the ruby that he is able to like destroy the ruby from within and free his power and ultimately destroy John D. Yeah, and I love that we get the visual after the the jewel shatters that like John thinks that he's um, he's won, but then you see him like just a, a small speck in the giant dream's hand, and right. I'm like, oh, that's how much power was stored in the ruby, damn. Right. <laughs> and then you can understand too why, like how people or John was like easily corrupted by it because it's just so much power that no human could actually control. Right. Well, and it seems that that's, in a way, like, that's the case with all of his tools, because Mm -hmm. we see um, the woman who ends up with the sand, and she doesn't even end up with it intentionally, like, um, Constantine just leaves it with, like, her ex-lover, and it, she just kind of, it just consumes her and sucks all of the life out of her till she dies, basically. Yeah which made getting the sandbag easier. It did, yeah. And at least Dream gave her, like, a nice dream to die to. Yeah. <laughs> a peaceful death, if you will. Yes, I will. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much John. Like, he's, yeah. uh, he's not killed by, you know, he decides not to kill John because of the said corruption. So he just kind of, I guess, returns him to the asylum where he blew a bunch of people up. (laughs) Right. Yeah. He doesn't let him die because he says like the amulet or the Ruby came to you, you know, from no fault of your own and it would all, it would have corrupted anybody who had it. So like you can just spend the rest of your life in an insane asylum, which I mean, I might've just preferred to die at that point, but right. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, so the other kind of main character is Rose. Yes. And she is a vortex, a dream vortex, mm-hmm. which is confusing. <laughs> yeah, which, so dream vortexes are apparently born every couple of centuries or something, every so often, and um, have the power to destroy the dreaming. Um, and 
the whole universe and the universe by like yeah making things sort of collapse in on themselves um Uh, yeah it's an interesting sort of thing to give it's like a human has temporarily has all of the powers of dream but not the ability to like control them right but i mean i don't know i feel like Rose could have learned to control these powers. The dream obviously disagreed and thought that she, that the vortex needed to be destroyed, which is ultimately what happens. But yeah, in a way, yeah, have a good control over what she was doing, but she was also influencing things in ways that she didn't ever intend to. No, it's true. And I, I also had the, the feeling too, that maybe, because I couldn't remember what happened, but I, I had a feeling that maybe she she was going to be able to learn to control it too, just because, I mean, despite the, like, dream knowing ultimately that she has to, has to die or whatever, he is, like, coaching her. So he's like, right. oh, you can do this. Like, you know, follow the thread. It, like, he's teaching right. her how to hop between dreams and, like, do all this stuff before he's like, oh, yeah, I guess she probably should die before she, does, you know, cracks the dreaming in half. <laughs> and, like, when he first learned that there was a vortex, he didn't seem, like, concerned. He was just, like, very interested and, like, wanted to kind of, like, track her progress. Like, he thought maybe it wouldn't have to come to it, her yeah. being destroyed, you know? Um but like, like he he said, like the vortexes just sometimes occur. There's like no rhyme or reason. Every once a millennia, a human is born with this vortex, dream vortex ability. But as we learn, this was no mere coincidence that she was a dream vortex. Yeah. Um. Her was it great grandmother was one of the individuals who never woke up when dream was captured. She had the sleeping sickness. Yeah. But then one day does wake up and like learns that while she was unconscious for most of her life, she had gotten pregnant and had a child, which at first it was like, oh, well, shit, she was like raped, you know, in whatever facility she was in. But that turns out to have not been the case. Well, she was like impregnated in a dream by desire. Uh (laughs) Flat twist. (laughs) Yeah. And so you know, luckily it works out and they, this happens before, like they even realize, but you know, um, what's, what was the grandmother's name again? She was Um, unity. unity, unity, you know, realizes that she was meant to have been the vortex. And so she essentially just gets Rose to pass the power of the vortex onto her. And then she, you know, essentially kills herself um, yeah. to be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take this because it was meant to be her role all along anyway. And right. um, that saves dream from killing Rose, which would have, I, th- it's made, it makes it seem that like something real bad happens if you kill any of the endless's children. I mean, internal feuding probably would have happened, but it seems like there were larger implications if dream had actually himself killed rose being the right. you know granddaughter i guess of um desire so it's kind of like it, what is and it, that you know <laughs> it seems like that's what desire wanted yes. because you see like at one point a scene where desire and despair are kind of plotting this you don't realize what they're plotting but you can tell they're plotting something to like undermine dream so it almost seemed like desire wanted dream to have to kill his child so that it would start a family feud basically and that like desire would have a reason to go to war with dream um but obviously dream is able to circumvent that 
um, by Unity stepping up and being like, no, I'll just become the Vortex instead. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then he learns that uh, she was visited by someone with golden eyes, and he's like, yeah. son of a bitch. Which, and, you know, Rose is not the only dream baby to exist in this show because we have Lyta, Lyta, whatever her name is, yeah. who also gets pregnant by a dream slash ghost. Yeah, yeah, that's a little different because it's not an endless baby, but it's like, right. yeah, it's part of when Rose's powers were sort of like going wild, she uh, allowed her to become pregnant. And for now, she gets to keep the baby. So that's she good. gets to keep the baby for now. But as Dream said, the the baby was is, is a dream baby. Basically, it was born in the conceived in the dreaming realm, so it belongs to me. Um, which kind of implies that, like, at some point, Leita's going to have to give her child back to Dream. Um, yeah, which will be interesting probably in the next season which with dream acting a little like more empathetic towards humans and like gaining a better understanding of his role to you know as as death pointed out to support the humans i wonder if that'll turn into a situation where like he's kind of like obligated to take the child back because she can't really survive outside of the dreaming and like maybe she'll be actually cared for or something or I don't know if we know the child is female, but they will be cared well, for. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> but. I can't remember either. But I, I see, and like, I have to, I, I don't know that the show made it very clear whether, how much role Rose played in Lyta actually becoming pregnant. Yeah. Because when Dream kind of confronts Lyta in her dream, like with her dead husband, he tells, I don't remember what the husband's name was, but like he says something like, you know, a, you, you can't, you're a ghost that's hiding out in a dream and, and there's no place in the dreaming for, for a ghost or something like that and banishes him essentially from the dreaming. Yeah. Uh, so whether or not it was just a coincidence or maybe the vortex's powers allowed that to happen, that's a little unclear. But <laughs> It is a little unclear, but it, it was, yeah, it that was an interesting thing too, because it, it was... From my understanding, it was actually like the ghost's presence in the dream that was actually having like destroying the dreaming or at least forcing those cracks in there. Right. So it was just like, yeah, he was not where he was meant to be. Um, Right. You know, his death, uh, death was, you know, neglecting her job briefly to let him (laughs) wander away. (laughs) Or perhaps like it had something to do with the vortex and like. And Rose was able somehow sucked a ghost into into the dreaming realm that just happened to be like Lyta's dead husband. <laughs> yeah, it could be because it was you know her dream. Yeah, <laughs> unclear. But either way, he was thrown back to where he belongs. Either way, Dream is able to kind of defeat the Corinthian, defeat John D, and end the vortex, and you know save the dreaming by the end of the season. <laughs> um and then we kind of ends with like this ominous threat from hell that's true which is um, the devil or lucifer morningstar is played by the same actor who plays um brienne of tarth from game of thrones (laughs) oh okay any game of thrones out there (laughs) that is what the devil is (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much the first 10 episodes, which was the first chunk that was released of the, um, of the, se- the season. Um, right. 
And the then, first, yeah, yeah, it's like the first season, and then there's like this extra one episode thing that doesn't really tie into anything else. <laughs> yeah, but it's still interesting. And that's still, yeah, the so episode eleven, which I guess we can talk about, is yeah. um, essentially a two part episode. One part that focuses on someone called Calliope, and the other that focuses on cats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the cats was my favorite part. Yes. Um, yeah, I can't remember that. Is it the Dream Dream of Cats? I can't remember what the title of that episode was, but um, I <laughs> but it's interesting because um, unlike the rest of the series, that part is animated. So it's right. like animated cats figuring out. Probably because it's the cats. Of yeah, the <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, but yeah, it was it was an interesting little episode. Like the premise essentially is that um, cats are coming together to hear the tale of this one specific cat um, talking about her experiences and spreading the word the word about how the world used to be before the humans swapped things which is essentially like gigantic cats who would eat the tiny humans <laughs> right <laughs> and then kind it was like yeah. the role of like cats and humans is reversed in the cat's dreams where the cat's like the humans are just like slaves to the cats and the cats can like hunt them and kill them kind of thing. And the cat that's talking about this essentially says that the way this could become a reality is if we can get a thousand cats to dream the same dream in one night and that will flip the world and, and humans will be on the bottom basically. (laughs) Um, So, you know, that would be interesting if that happened. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But, you know, she does succeed in in convincing at least the kitten that, uh, you know, that that's true. If she travels enough places and tells the story to enough cats, perhaps one day we'll all be slaves to cats. Which, I mean, aren't we already? I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's very true. Um, I also like the ending of that part of the episode when, like, the kitten's, like, you know, cutely playing in her dreams but clearly she's like imagining eating a tiny human (laughs) yeah and like dream is in the cat one but like obviously he's he's a cat and not a human um whereas in like the second part of the episode that focuses on calliope who's a goddess dream the actual dream character is in that one um but it still doesn't really it seems like maybe it takes place long before the first episode of um the sandman would have happened like before he was captured nor does it no maybe it does take place because he talks about having been captured in imprisoned so yep must be place afterwards yeah and so calliope essentially is uh, a muse so she has the power to like you know inspire right and all that stuff and you know like um a dream she was captured by some dude and forced to help him write fiction novels apparently um and in some fashion to inspire him and then is like sold to somebody else to be like their prisoner as well Mm -hmm. and it's like at first the guy who who takes ownership of her i guess is seems like he was going to like be a nice guy but then ultimately it turns out it is not the case and we don't yeah. know exactly what he does to get her to work for him but we see like scratches on his face at one point and you know clearly there's some sort of like forcing going on um to I get know. her to use her powers 
And so she starts like, yeah, it was interesting to see that she also called upon the the sisters, right? The fates that that uh, Dream had first contacted to find out where his tools were. Right. And they're just like, yep, can't help you. Bye. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like Dream is able to come to her aid and rescue her. And we find out that they kind of have like a history. Um, and the thing I found like interesting, and maybe it's because we saw Hades Town yeah. on Broadway in New York City, is that Orpheus is supposed to be the son of Calliope and um, Dream. Yeah. Which was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, ooh. <laughs> Look at Orpheus. that, tying in all of this, you know, mythical mythology into into this was kind of cool. And yeah. that they have history and somehow like maybe dream blames Calliope for Orpheus's death. Um, maybe that'll come up in the next season, you know, with like these threats coming from hell yeah. and because like Orpheus died around hell. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I'm kind of curious about um, whether or not like dream has other children or was this like right. a one-time occurrence? You would think he'd have, you'd think they'd all have some floating around because they've been around since like before the world started essentially or like shortly thereafter. Right. But it does make, it is however, well, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of interesting too, because like the endless seem to be more powerful and like then above rank of the gods. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I want to know more about how the world (laughs) works with, um, with all of the endless and the gods and stuff. Yeah. Cause it kind of seems like, the Endless and the gods are sort of like on the same level as far as like the amount of power that they have and, and the amount of influence that they have on the world. It's just in different ways. Yeah. Maybe that like at one point Dream says something to the effect that like we only exist because we exist within like humans' hearts and, and humans kind of create us within their minds and within their hearts and maybe gods exist regardless of that, you know, mm. that they exist separately from humans desires if you will yeah but um yeah it's all it's not entirely clear (laughs) right maybe some of that will be cleared up in the future but yeah there you go but yeah ultimately calliope is released with the help of of dream who forces essentially (laughs) the guy to have all of the ideas come to him simultaneously and so he starts just going crazy and uh it was, you know, just agrees to release her, luckily. Right. Yeah. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much the show. Yeah. Did yeah. you have any quotes from it? Um, let's see. Um, very early on in the first episode, the Corinthian says something like, and are men not governed by their dreams? Which oh. I thought was interesting. Um, um, at one point, mm-hmm. Dream says, the ruler of hell is no mere devil. Nice. Um, in the in the episode when um, Constantine is, uh, you know, purging that demon back to hell, she says, run along and fuck off to hell, which I thought was funny. <laughs> in the episode with death, Dream says, it is as natural to die as it is to be born. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I think that might have been my, the rest. Yeah, I think that's all the quotes I have. Hi, I had a couple more. I have Desire says... Dreams are merely echoes of desire and despair. Mm. Um, (laughs) 
this one like at one point rose is staying at like this really interesting like yeah. house with a really bizarre group of people <laughs> and the house host is like introducing them to everybody and there's like two women who like dress identical in like very goth kind of um clothing and makeup and when when they like leave the host um like rose is like are they and the host is just like are they sisters mother daughter lovers nobody knows but i feel like knowing would somehow ruin it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i loved that little like hodgepodge group of people um and we we didn't really talk too much about that but you know that all that is like the vortex storyline where their dreams converge and they kind of get to know a little bit about each other and like through the dreams when they collide but it's uh yeah an interesting sort of group um the only other quote i have is from the 11th episode by one of the cats Mm -hmm. not the main one but one of the other ones and he says, I'd like to see anyone, prophet, god, or king, persuade a thousand cats to do anything at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, which is probably why, you know, the cat it'll will never, never yeah, it'll never happen. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that was all the quotes I had. Awesome. But yeah, so that's... Uh, Season one plus episode eleven of the right. Sandman. Plus hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we get another another season. Um, TBD. You know, it depends on. I mean, Netflix likes to cancel shows, so it'll depend on whether or not it's been popular enough. Although tracking, you know, the popularity seems like for about a week or more in a row, it was the f- number one season in almost every country that has Netflix. So. Right, yeah. You would so, think that would be a good indicator, but... <laughs> I mean, as long as it gets good reviews, which, I mean, I think it has so far anyways. So yeah. I, there will be a season two because I feel like there's a lot left to learn. <laughs> yeah, it seems like the biggest thing that people didn't... That some people didn't like about this the show is that with some of the casting choices, it changed the source material from specifically death who was portrayed as like this white goth girl into a a black goth woman and it's like you know as we've already said the the endless have the power to change their appearance so it shouldn't be an issue um and also it's like having one black character in a show does not automatically make it a woke show like let's have some representation people and it's like I, you know, I think that um, the woman who played uh, Death did an amazing job. So Yeah, I loved her. So I thought that that was an awesome representation. Of yeah, <laughs> so fuck off to all the critics. No offense, right. but also offense. Um, <laughs> and, but also a lot. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so hopefully we'll get another season. Um, I'm also remembering looking through notes right now that we forgot to talk about the crows, Jessamy and Matthew. Oh, um, yeah. Jessamy, rest in peace. Matthew, hilarious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, just the, the fact that he's called Matthew is... Yeah, it's, a, it's not a crow, it's a raven. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, because there's one point when uh, she's... Uh, is it Rose that's talking to a crow? And he's like... Um, uh, or maybe it was Constantine. Someone was talking to a crow and he's like, um, that's a crow. Yeah, I'm over... <laughs> 
<laughs> that um, dream is always like accompanied by a raven who can travel between the dream realm and the human realm and her, his raven what was it Jezebel Jessamy <laughs> Jezebel <laughs> She's killed at the beginning while he's still imprisoned, and so he vows that he'll never have another raven again, but he gets saddled with Matthew anyways, who's like this over-talkative, way over-sharing raven <laughs> that he doesn't want anything to do with initially. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. But yeah, so that was the Sandman. Um, if you guys want to let us know what you thought of the show, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Podcast. Or you can send us an email to navigatingnetflixoriginals at gmail.com. And feel free to send us recommendations of any other Netflix originals, shows, or movies you'd like us to discuss. And in three months from now, when we record another <laughs> one, maybe we'll do it. <laughs> I was going to say, um, I'm going to say that it'll be before then, but um, it may be an empty promise. So um, we'll try to record before then. We'll try. We, before we the end of the year. You know. <laughs> But yeah, so thanks again, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for sticking with us despite our, you know, very non-consistent schedule. Um, And uh, we'll be back later, I guess. (laughs) Until then. (laughs) Bye. Bye.